welcome to Berate the Lead. I'm one of your co-hosts, Winnipeg Free Press columnist Jen Zarati. And I'm your other co-host, Winnipeg Free Press multimedia producer, Erin Labar. And thank you for joining us on this episode 20. Episode 20. Woo, episode 20. Um, we are devoting the entire episode to makeup. Wearing it, loving it, hating it. All of that fun stuff that every, every woman has dealt with in their life. How was your week, Jen? Week was great. As uh, as most of you know, if you were listening to last week's episode, which I guess was kind of this week's episode, because it, it's all rolling, so into it's one. all rolling into one. Um, but spent the weekend at Interstellar Rodeo, mm-hmm. which was great, and we recorded the last episode there. Everyone and should listen to it because it was probably my favorite one that we've done so, so far. It was so fun. So again, yeah. big thanks to the Six Shooter Records team for hooking us up with Tara Lightfoot, Shaky Graves, and Whitney Rose. We had three. A triple header triple header we had three wonderful guests last week and it was fun they were a hoot yeah it was, it was great so that was uh so now i'm kind of just like i'm in festival recovery mode so i'm yes, kind of we're done yeah so i was kind of doing some uh editorial planning for the fall and there's a few things that i have that i'm working on that i'm excited about so mm-hmm. yeah that's about uh that's about the size of my week how's yours you're in Guns N' Roses mode. All I'm the in time. Guns N' Roses mode, <laughs> uh, or I was. Um, they were in town this week, and so after Interstellar, it was like directly into working on that stuff. So, I did a preview story. Uh, we didn't get an interview, which often happens with um, big big bands that come and play the stadium or whatever. Um, so I went into the Free Press archives and pulled out all snippets of all the old reviews because they've only been here, I think, five times. Um, Which actually to this. isn't that many. No, considering their first one was 1987. Yeah. And they were, the first two times they were openers. So they've only played three other headlining shows in Winnipeg. Which seems like not that that meant that much, really. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, but it was just funny to look at all the old reviews because you know some of them are, are really positive, some of them are really not positive, <laughs> and uh, it was just kind of fun to to look back and and read all that. And they were always late. The one consist the one consistent thing was that they were always went on late. Yeah. So this podcast is recorded on Thursdays. So Guns and Roses is tonight has, has yet to play. Yeah. So, but you can read Aaron's review in. It'll like be online. It'll be online today, and then, and then, then in the paper on Saturday. Yeah. So we'll see if they uh, are late again. On Saturday, mm-hmm. August nineteenth, mm-hmm. uh, Zadie Smith, who is an author that I really enjoy, I think she's been a fixture of the reading, watching, listening to lately because i've read two of her books in pretty short succession yeah she sorry she didn't interrupt but is she also a regular contributor to like a, or she just said like a novel like a book author i believe she's a book author she okay. probably writes the odd thing somewhere in there okay as, as you do um but she was at the edinburgh international book festival and she made some comments about makeup which kind of divided the internet and basically she was uh lamenting how much time young girls quote waste on beauty and makeup okay and uh, was expressing concerns about her daughter who's seven um spending a lot of time looking at her reflection in mirrors and uh she was she uh was talking about like kind of comparing and contrasting her son getting ready and her daughter getting ready and uh she said i explained it to her in these terms you are wasting your time your brother is not going to waste his time doing this every day of his life he will put on a shirt and he's out the door and he doesn't give a shit if you waste an hour and a half doing your makeup and so people are like 
because she's talking about like how foolish like it is and like yeah. kind of what's going on and yeah. like I think kind of seemed to take issue with contouring and just like mm-hmm. kind of the labor intensive things and then mm-hmm. it kind of um snowballed from there mm-hmm. the people writing hot take upon hot take about makeup yeah but that got us discussing it did makeup it did um because it's kind of we both wear it are you a daily makeup wearer um i will wear makeup to work but Mm -hmm. again it's pretty minimal i just do like foundation concealer powder mascara and that's it um when i'm at home all day i i don't really bother if i'm running errands or whatever and that's a relatively recent um process i used to always wear makeup no matter where i was going if i was like at the, at the lake or just going to 7-eleven i would always oh yeah me put too. on a face but as i've gotten older i've started to care less <laughs> so i i just don't bother unless i'm in a professional capacity and it's really interesting how your relationship with makeup evolves oh and yeah changes over time like i think when you're young and you start wearing it or start noticing people wearing daily makeup mm-hmm. so like when you're in school um, I know for me, it was probably grade eight. I started wearing makeup every day. Mm-hmm. Grade seven, occasionally. Yeah. Um, it's, you have, you, you feel like you have to wear it every single day. Right. Right. Because it's like, oh my God. That's just like, what you do. And like, oh my God, I don't have my face on. And there's usually I'm some hideous. sort of like horrifying hormonal thing happening. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so it's well, like, that's why I started because I had yeah. really, really bad skin when I was, started probably when I was in fifth grade. So it started really mm-hmm. early for me. And I remember I was maybe in sixth grade when my mom let me borrow her concealer stick for like a school, like photos or whatever. Yeah. And I remember I was mortified because I lost it. She lent it to me for the day to do my school picture and I left it in the bathroom and I went back to get it and it was gone. And I didn't know how much it cost. I was just like mortified. (laughs) She had trusted me with this holy piece of makeup and I lost it and I went home and I was crying and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I left it in the bathroom and someone took it. She's like, it's fine. Don't worry. It was, it was literally $5. And then she said, I remember she said, on the plus side, you'll know tomorrow who took it because they'll be wearing nude lipstick. Because <laughs> it was like a little concealer <laughs> stick that looked like yeah, lipstick. Yeah, totally. And she's like, you'll know who took it tomorrow. Don't worry. <laughs> it's so funny because I think for a lot of girls, your first makeup is your mom's makeup. And oh, usually yeah. it's makeup that you've stolen. Oh, so yeah. I remember <laughs> like... Jeez, I, just, <laughs> I have a story to share. <laughs> I remember like my grandma was a daily like red lipstick. Oh, yeah. Like, wear. Classic. Yeah. yeah. And always had like nice manicures in either pink or red. Like very classic. And I remember she had a brown eyeliner pencil that I used to like experiment with mm-hmm. like, oh, like or mascara and you just like take some and then put it back or like when I would and this is gross because it's like you think about like oh bacteria infections abound but like when I would babysit I would always look through like the mom's makeup cabinet and be oh like, really I'm just gonna try on this <laughs> swatch what of this creep. like yeah and uh yeah total creep like I'm sorry, retroactively. (laughs) But then you start kind of, and then like, of course, your mom's makeup. So like, oh, my mom's Clinique. Like I really associate that with her. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like bonus time where my mom would always give me like, yeah, still is my fave time. Oh, yeah. My mom would always give me like, you know, if there was a lipstick shade in there or whatever. And, uh, but I remember the first time that I actually did makeup for school. My mom did it for me. Mm -hmm. It was the first day of grade seven. And she 
did my face for me. And then from then on, it was kind of just a figure it out because it was kind of, it was before the internet, right? Pre-YouTube tutorial. Yeah. So basically all the information I gleaned was from Seventeen Magazine. And Tiger Beat. Yeah. And then just like your friends. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of like, you know, teenage experimentation. Oh yeah. Like aquamarine. under your cheeks. Bonnie Bell. Yeah. eyeliner do you remember the um the colored mascaras that you could get oh like God, purple yeah. mascara yep. yeah that yeah. i remember um, i was like putting glue on your eyelashes was it so was bad. so bad there was a friend of mine in grade seven who had a really like dark blue lipstick that she would wear to oh. school like yeah how, how goth which i would not be brave enough to do now no so, so that kind of sense of play with mm-hmm. makeup self-expression yeah it hasn't really left me like I still like experience like experimenting with a bold lip or mm-hmm. like uh you know like oh I'll try a coral lipstick and see how it goes and but it's funny how you, I don't think anyone ever gets or I shouldn't say anyone that's generalizing but most people I don't think get like a formal lesson no in what to do no. I think we're just expected to innately know like right which is kind of frustrating because yeah. I'm not I never have been. I'm not good at doing my own makeup, which is why I don't wear a lot because I'm just unsuccessful at it most times. And no one's ever really taught me how to do it. I'm going to tell my one um, first introduction to makeup story because it's a Labar family classic that I don't think I've ever told you. And then I think we should like directly address Zadie's Mm -hmm. thing. So I was three. And it was the middle of the night and I got up and I took my mom's red <laughs> lipstick out of her makeup bag. I went into my room. Mm-hmm. I put a line on my leg <laughs> and then I got a Kleenex and I wiped it off. And I was like, oh, it comes off. Proceeded to cover my entire body in red <gasps> lipstick in my bed in the middle of the night. <laughs> my mom comes in. She's like, oh my God. Like what? I did it in between my little bum cheeks. I did it everywhere. Oh every God. crevice covered in red lipstick <laughs> so my mom is like angry but like but can, why cannot though? stop laughing i was three <laughs> when, but she cannot stop laughing so she puts me in the tub tub is stained pink obviously so she's scrubbing me off my dad comes in is the only time he's ever been speechless he was just like uh, 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 uh. so and then of course i was grounded so i didn't touch makeup for a long time after that because <laughs> that's hilarious it's a labar family classic that's hilarious yeah um, so what are your thoughts on makeup as a waste of time? My thoughts, I mean, from a feminist perspective, I recognize how makeup is a concession to the patriarchy in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But I also think that in terms of self-expression, in terms of mindfulness, mm-hmm. I don't think makeup is just for covering flaws mm-hmm. or trying to achieve perfection. I think mm-hmm. for a lot of times, nor is it about looking good for a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I read a gr- great, I think it was like a tweet or a quote online. And I am sad that I won't be able to attribute it to you. I'll try to find it later. But someone was pointing out like, yeah, I'm not going to wear makeup to impress a guy who doesn't know the difference between Max Ruby Woo and Max Lady Danger. Right. <laughs> right. right. Like, so I think it's more for me anyway and I think a lot of people would agree it's like a self-expression mindfulness I mean it's kind of a moment that you take for yourself and you relax yeah. and it's yeah. kind of a way to practice some self-care and I agree totally you know kind of put your put your best face to you forward and I kind of for me because I'm into clothes and into fashion I feel like it's an extension of that as well mm-hmm. um, so I don't think it's a waste of time I don't think it's foolish what i do think is important is talking about why we wear makeup 
Right. And and why for like in my example, why I feel like I have to at work. To exactly. Be taken seriously. Exactly. And there's, I think that's where the problem is. I think it is too. And I think there's studies that show that that women who wear makeup daily to work in corporate mm-hmm. environments are taken more seriously mm-hmm. but not too much makeup right it has to be the right kind of makeup it has to be like this natural face that actually takes like 15 million products to achieve which you and i both are irate about the uh yeah effortless yeah effortless women are look. and i said this on i was in a facebook discussion about this yesterday and i, I like i honestly think effortlessness is one of the most tyrannical beauty standards god yeah because effort implies maintenance implies high maintenance implies all the things that women don't want to be right Mm -hmm. you don't want to be the high maintenance girl you don't want to it has to look effortless effort kind of became this dirty word Mm -hmm. which is why you know you're supposed to be able to like roll out of bed and yeah be perfect yeah and like eat cheeseburgers and not gain an ounce like right and the beauty industry's obsession with the quote french girl look like the tousled hair oh and, like, yeah you know yeah, yeah. Oh, i just threw on the scarf and i'm perfectly accessorized <laughs> like um <laughs> <I'm> like okay <laughs> but that's also a beauty standard right because oh, yeah, of course. we don't acknowledge that it actually takes a great deal not only effort but money oh for those who don't purchase makeup and listen to this podcast it is freaking expensive yeah and like to get good products that aren't gonna ruin your skin and you know especially and also if you're like ethically responsible with what you're purchasing that stuff costs a fortune yeah so it's this weird double bind where you have to put in a tremendous amount of effort but look like you don't put in any effort <laughs> right. and then never talk about how much effort it actually is. Right. So I think there are problematic aspects of makeup, but I think what's important is talking about why you wear it, mm-hmm. when you wear it, and why you feel like you, ha- quote, have to wear it. And I feel like this is a good time to bring up Alicia Keys. Yeah. Who is also, like Zadie Smith, on the no makeup um, train. I found her Lenny letter that she wrote that kind of was right. like... and But there's a big difference between... Alicia's approach and Zadie's approach. Yeah. Because Alicia is very careful to make sure that people understand that she's not, while she isn't wearing makeup now, and she still wears it sometimes, mm-hmm. um, that she isn't anti-makeup. Right. So it's not... And it's, it's a very personal decision. She's exactly. Not, she's, she's not, not finger-wagging. She's not shaming other people's choices. But yeah. this... This was kind of the essay that she wrote that kind of started it all off. And uh, she. this is how it begins. And it's kind of relevant to the beginning of our discussion. She writes, We all get to a point in our lives, especially girls, where we try to be perfect. Does it start somewhere in second grade after picture day when you wear your frizzy hair out because your mama says it's beautiful, but all your friends laugh at you? You grab the brush and gel and pull your beautiful big hair into the tightest ponytail you possibly can to contain your unique hair in a bun, hiding a piece of who you are in order to fit into a picture of what others are seen as perfection. Yeah, that's one moment. And then she goes on and talks about makeup. Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, I have naturally curly hair. Mm -hmm. And I would definitely do that. Like, Mm -hmm. either beat it into submission with, like, one of those old school flat irons. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's basically like, 40 like hot metal tongs. Um, Or, yeah, wearing it in the tightest button, like could possibly do because mm-hmm. the in thing in the 90s was the super straight center part oh like, yeah 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 or like sure. the perfect perfect rachel green wave or flares Bob, yeah 
Yeah. So, but she, uh, I found this essay really revealing because she's talking about being like in the public eye and being scrutinized, but really talking about her personal decision Mm -hmm. to not without shaming other people's choices. I I think as soon as you start saying foolish and things like that, people... In my mind, it's like, do what makes you feel comfortable. Do what makes you feel like the best version of yourself every day. Yeah. You can be confident leaving your house every day. For sure. Um, It's back to school time. Do you have any advice for the young ladies out there who may be, you know, their first foray into the makeup world as they're heading back to school? I would say to, again, I think think about why you're wearing it. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to try things. Um, Try not to be too hard on your dads who get mad at you. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, they just... I don't think, understand. Oh, and I also think parents are just like, oh my God. Like when you see oh, it's scary. your, your child imagine. in a full face of makeup for the first time, like... Well, we were having a discussion with our, our coworker, Mike, yeah. yesterday, and he has a daughter, I think he said 13, or no, 11. She's 11, and she just kind of started getting interested in makeup. And he was asking us, he's like, what, what do I do with this? So, I'm an adult now. Yeah, it's yeah. scary. It's, uh, yeah, it's... I don't know... I don't know how young is too young. Like, I think that's an individual family Mm -hmm. decision. Um, But I think allowing a teenager to express themselves with clothes or with makeup or with the music they listen to, um, I think that's really healthy to encourage and not to stifle because mm-hmm. that's how you figure out who you are and, and what you and like let them make the mistake yeah if and talk wa- to them about right it. why like if they you know they walk out of the house with blue eyeshadow up to their eyebrows we've all done it like just mm-hmm. let it happen she'll learn it's fine remember the classic episode of <laughs> oh, full <okay>. house <laughs> when aunt becky gives dj the, the makeup, makeup lesson? lesson the trick is to make it look like you're not wearing makeup at all but I will also add a asterisk to that being like, it's okay if you want to rock a fuchsia lip because but just perhaps maybe not it's your choice. when you're 11. Yeah. Like it's hard. It's yeah, it's hard. It's hard to know. But I think makeup is also a lot of it is about fun. So it's, I think it should be, I think it should be about. So ask questions, utilize the internet that you now have that we didn't have. Cause there mm-hmm. are tons of tutorials on how to do pretty much any face you would ever want to do. And if makeup isn't your thing, that's fine too. That's totally cool. Because Lord knows it's not my thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> I also think back to the mindfulness point. Mm-hmm. Um, I love watching people get ready. Like yeah. I like the ritual of it. And mm-hmm. I like how everyone has their own approach to things and their own technique. And it's like, oh, you like you, you know, do your eyeliner after your mascara or like you apply blush this way. Like it's so like... I have always loved watching like friends get ready and like parents, like my mom get ready. And like, it's just, it's such a, like a little rite of passage too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like one of those things that also I think can bring people together as well, because it's kind of an intimate thing, right? You know, normally you don't get to see people put on their face, but mm-hmm. it, um, yeah, I kind of like that aspect of it too. So I think there's a lot to, enjoy about it i think there's a lot to question about it mm-hmm. but i don't think anyone should ever make you feel foolish for partaking in it as always we finish the pod with what we're reading watching and are listening to i know jen has been watching because she's given up on reading 
Yes, I have given up on reading. No, that's not true. But I've given up on my 52 books in 52 weeks. Right. Well, that was an unreasonable expectation, to be honest. I feel like I bit off more than I can chew. But one of my favorite shows on TV right now is Halt and Catch Fire. And the final season just started. <laughs> Sorry, I just punched my microphone. <laughs> and uh, I feel like it's a show that is so great that no one watches. I have never watched it. I hadn't only heard of it because you brought it up. And uh, I think I've brought it up a few times on this podcast. And I still haven't watched so it. Um, it basically traces the evolution of technology from like early 80s to now it's in. They've sped up time a little bit and now they're in the mid 90s. Okay. And uh, it's kind of a ragtag group of tech people. Um, <laughs> but I really love the two female leads in the show okay. and they're kind of friendship and working relationship and how that changes and like women empowered addresses all that stuff Mackenzie Davis and Carrie Boucher are the two female leads and uh, I was actually just reading that for the final season they negotiated pay equity with their male co-stars so that's also good step in the right direction that continues to be an issue on sets everywhere everywhere yeah. So yeah, it's a great show. I recommend checking it out. And like, it's in its last season, so it's pretty easy to catch up on. I think there's only four or five seasons. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I'm watching. Mm-hmm. What are you watching or well, reading or listening to? Well, I'm gonna do watching as well because we have not once talked about Game of Thrones on this podcast because Jen does not watch Game of Thrones. And this begins a new segment within a segment. Yeah. That we're starting called Cultural Blind Spot, which started with my my ghost spiel Mm because i had never seen ghost and so now this is jen's cultural uh blind spot i have a few cultural blind spots that i will reveal throughout future episodes but yes game of so you've never seen like one episode no not one but you kind of vaguely know what's going on super vaguely like i don't know any of the characters names (laughs) okay i don't know not even Jon snow yeah maybe <laughs> well anyway we're a in... lot of people tweet about it yeah so the season finale is this sunday um I, i'm sorry i don't know how many seasons I'm, I'm a really bad game of thrones fan because i i don't pay attention to i'm not one of those people that analyzes every episode and like remembers that one guy who showed up in an episode in season two like i'm just not but i do watch it and i have watched all of it uh i'm actually kind of checking out a little bit this season i know a lot of people are like really ramped up about it but i'm finding it really dull um spoiler alert a dragon died last episode i know you don't care but here are the things i know about game of thrones <laughs> i feel like there's some kind of large chair with that's knives. a throne yeah that's, that's the, throne. the throne that's the throne um there is a it's swords not knives whatever sharp <laughs> objects that are weapons <laughs> Um, so chair of, butter knives. chair of knives yeah um and a character with long white blonde hair that is yeah. played by Kristen wig and various spoofs yes and Daenerys. there's she, she owns the dragons there's lots of like weird sex stuff um not so much anymore maybe in the first couple in seasons the beginning. there was a little brother sister loving happening that's what i that's my knowledge of yeah Thrones. that's everything i know I mean, that's pretty much all you need to know. <laughs> What's, what we should do is when the series comes to a close next year, you should watch the very first episode and then the last episode and then see if you can fill in any of the blanks in between. That would be pretty funny, I think. Fun. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. So so that's what I've been watching. I've been, I, would, I was kind of behind a few episodes I caught up last weekend. It's like, it's okay. And I know people are going to be angry about, <laughs> about me saying it's just okay, but I... If it if there was more than one season left, I probably wouldn't finish it. 
But since there's only one season left, I'm going to power through. I'm not a fantasy fan. I think that's my problem. I'm not... I'm not a grotesque violence person, which is why it's weird that I even started watching this in the first place. But yeah, neither. There's just, yeah, I'm not interested. So we're going to watch the, we'll watch the season finale on Sunday. We'll see how things wrap up. Doesn't look good. I'm just going to say there's some blue eyed white walkers coming, coming south. Doesn't look good. <laughs> what are you working on this week? I don't even know. <laughs> no, after Guns N' Roses, um, there's that classic rock festival, the first um, classic rock festival at Shaw Park. Oh, yes. And they're, they've kind of turned it into a tribute for Kenny Shields of Streetheart, who passed away earlier this summer. So I'm doing a preview story about that. Cool. I'm going to hang out with some red pandas today. <laughs> Cute. Because um, apparently September is Red Panda Month. And oh, I've been doing these who knew? monthly Assiniboine Park features. And so I'm going to learn about the species survival plans. So it's basically, in super sciencey terms, a giant matchmaking program for animals. It's like Tinder for pandas? Right. <laughs> Panda Tinder. Panda Tinder. <laughs> Patent pending. <laughs> um, as always, you can find everything that we're working on at winnipegforupress.com and of course in the pages of the newspaper. You can also follow us on social media. I'm at Jen Zerati on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm at Naya Rabble on those platforms as well. <laughs> and we will see you next week. Bye.